Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Recording, so three, two, one. Good morning, dear listeners. Welcome to Something for the Weekend with my confederate, Mr. Neil Fischler. How are you doing, Neil? Hello, Nick. How are you going? Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, well, God knows why people like us talking nonsense on a Friday morning <laughs> for the weekend. Especially on a week where you might think, dear listener, that nothing has happened in the transfer window for Millwall, and you could well be right. But there has been some good developments at the den. Um, Aldo's uh, taken Millwall into the uh, Champions League quarterfinals on Football Manager. That's good news. <laughs> oh, God, Marty, uh, don't start that one. <laughs> Don't Steve Cavanaugh's booked a very nice caravan holiday at, Car- at Canberra Sands. He's had the time to do some some research on that. And finally, um, Gary Rowett. Really good news. Gary Rowett's upped his nickname game. He's been on a, a site called Gangster Name Generator. So no more muzzer. It's now fatly, fat, ugly, arse whipper, Murray Wallace. Tyler Bury is now rotten hobnobber. And Scott Malone is loose G-ride bouncer. No more, no more Scotty. <laughs> tiles on Mazza. So there's, it's not been all bad news, Neil. Yeah, no, well, I'm glad to see. Yeah, but they, <laughs> yeah, but it's all been time very well spent. Yeah, but instead of uh, actually getting out and uh, strengthening our squad. I think I, I might have to park the career as a comedy rise to listeners. I think I might have to leave that to one side. Yeah, we'd um, still be funnier than Kevin Day, that's for sure, wouldn't you? It's <laughs> not difficult. Oh dear, so no signings um, this week. Obviously, there's been one or two um, bits of good news. That was the, the main one of, of those being the signature of uh, young prospect Romain Essay to his first professional uh, contract. Some really nice clips they put on online of, of Romain. Um, he seems genuinely proud, Neil. It's lovely to see a 17-year-old boy with his first professional contract. He's been with us since the age of uh, 10 or 11 or something of that kind in the junior sides. And then he's genuinely showing pride in signing for Millwall. I I just think those clips, um, it's not been much to talk about this week, but those have lifted my spirits. Uh, To be honest, I think it's probably allayed everybody's fears. Uh, We had Zach Lovelace last year break into the first team and then got picked off by Glasgow Rangers. And yep. there would have been an element of our pessimistic support that would have uh, thought, "Oh God, could could the same happen?" But it. But we've always said that Millwall traditionally produce our own talent, and it's yeah. great to see this kid is an exciting prospect. I think every time he's come on, in the three or four games that he's come on, 
in. He's looked genuinely exciting. He, uh, dangerous player. Yeah, yeah I agree. very, very dangerous player. And what is he, 17, which is... 17-year-old winger, yeah. And, yeah. yeah but it also allays or puts to bed the myth that Gary Rowett doesn't play youngsters, yeah? Okay, Lovelace was a little bit of a different case. He, he yeah, he had to play him. I think the club genuinely yet. made efforts to keep uh, Zach. I mean, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't get in the head of a of a youngster. I mean, the 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 the, the sense of, and sensibility of going to Glasgow versus staying at Millwall. You're not going to get inside a young kid's head. You can't, as the you know, the parent says. Up. Yeah, but the parents yeah, I mean, were tapped up. Pure and simply, right. the parents were tapped up. Yeah, and and Zach Lovelace isn't going to say no, Dad. I don't fancy going to Glasgow Rangers. Uh, I'll stay at Millwall and you have to give that backhander back. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever incentives have been offered. Incentive, yeah. uh, fresher. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, well, we've got a deal in reality. Yeah. And, uh, but, it, but it's just great to see a 17 year old, an exciting 17 year old coming through the ranks and we're going to probably touch upon other young players in the course of the next hour yeah and but yeah it's just genuinely exciting that a youngster that looks like a great prospect we have to be patient with him we cannot do the normal millwall thing and that's expect too much from him if if we actually let him develop at his own pace yeah, and and he yeah, but in his own time, uh, we can have a great, great player on our hands. I agree. I mean, every time we've seen him, um, he, he looks like he's a professional footballer. And you know, for someone that's so young, it's one thing to have talent; it's another thing to look like you fit in at this level amongst. In fact, I, I would go as far as to say he looks like he's a, a level ahead of many of the players that he's playing against and with, if you know, um, I, that's, that's, and I think Gary Rowett touches on that, that he says here, I'm looking at the London news online, Richard Corley says, uh, Gary Rowett, I'm a big believer that if a player is younger than some of the ones in the under 23, but is good enough, you see that real potential. They've got to leapfrog other players. And I think that's what we're seeing with, with Roman essay. Um, I mean, you're right. Patience is, is the, is the key. Um, not always a, a quality, quality that's in the you know in, in great supply at Mill, but it's really important that this young player is given at least you know a year or two to to show the the clear potential that I think everyone who's seen him would, would see out there. And it, well, the thing that really touched me was he looked so genuinely proud and so keen to be playing for his club, which is Millwall, and that's that's gold dust. Yeah, but it's got to be better than flipping burgers down McDonald's, doesn't it? Not that there's anything wrong with flipping burgers down McDonald's or 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 doing whatever else he was going to do. Yeah, but no, it's gonna, it's um, but this is a start. It's just of the dream, good to, isn't it for him? It's a good good to see. Um, you know, I mean, it's easy to knock the modern day footballer, and um, I just think it was genuinely it came across in the clips. I mean, you know, he's only young. Um, he's excited. But it's just genuinely touching to see a, a kid so proud to be turning out for the first team of the club that he's been at all of his life. And I just think that's that's the good news for the week, listeners. I think that is that is generally good news as well from what we've seen of him. Um, very difficult to do a podcast, Neil, when there's not an awful lot of 
news stories to, to latch on to. Um, other than that, it's it's been a pretty quiet transfer window. I mean, pretty quiet is being doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, isn't it? I mean, we, we've let a lot of players go. Um, some will be fringe players, some on loan. We'll touch on one or two names in a moment. But um, so far, nothing coming inwards. Um, it, it looks a bit... Um, like Mother Hubbard's cover being bare going to Cardiff tomorrow, doesn't it? With a poor old Tom Bradshaw and uh, Vogel Sammer, um, possibly sharing the duties up front. There's nothing much else in the in the cupboard at the moment. Um, I suppose that's in the nature of transfer windows. A lot of business doesn't get done till late, does it? In the in the last day. Yeah, no. I we touched upon it last weekend, didn't we? Uh, mm. In in the post game. Uh, rang review that we did. Uh, yeah, it 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 just in in some way it's frustrating. In another way, uh, I'm not panicking. Yeah, uh, I don't live in this age where where all of a sudden we haven't signed anyone yet. So close the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will cancel. You will cancel the regeneration. Uh, you will knock down, Big houses over the den. Yeah. You will knock down. You will knock down the sausage stand in the car park. Yeah. Uh, I think that. I think there's an impatience, but uh, but but you look at it. We we are in a fantastic position to challenge for. Promotion. Well, we're sitting. Yeah. We're sitting in eighth. I'm looking at the table right now. I mean, you. You know, some will say, you know, we're overperforming maybe, but we are eighth at 39 points. Two points behind West Bromwich Albion, who have spent the whole season with vast, much more vast resources than we can bring to bear. Because that underpins everything here, Neil. The, I was looking at the... Um, I'm not an accountant, listeners, so I don't presume to look at account sheets with any measure of, uh, of expertise. But, I mean, the financial figures have been out for a while now, and they, in fact, there's a story in the South London, um, but from John Berylson, kind of preparing the ground, I think, for people not to expect um, dramatically big um, signings, I think, because when you look at the figures, uh, you know, we chug along with, um, was it 13 million loss? Yeah. Um, and a or wage bill million. of, yeah, it was and our revenues. Down from 13, re- wasn't it? Our revenues for 2021-22, revenue generated was £18.6 million. Contrast that with a, a top 20 um, list of, of clubs in Europe, which uh, include, I think, Leicester City came in at number 20. They generated £180 million. Now, I get that they're a Premier League side, blah, 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 blah. But this is this this is the market in which we're trying to compete. And even within the Championship, there are clubs that generate vastly more um, higher sums than, than than we do. It's just a fact of life, and you know anyone that thinks that we can um, we can we can summon money out of a clear blue sky is is, is being a bit deluded. I think so. You know, I think every 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 transfer window we have this we have this tension between those that expect there to be you know marquee signings and and the reality that we don't really go to the table with with um with the, the biggest budget, do we? Well, we can't. Yeah, we can't compete with with most of the sides in this division. Yeah, we could compete with some of them if John Berylson chose to 
chose to whack in 10, 15 million quid, but... but Gamble the club, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't done it. And it is, you're right, you're gambling with your future, yeah? What happens in, you, you put 10, 15 million pounds in and we don't make the playoffs or we don't get promoted, yeah? You're gambling with the future. I'd much rather, and I've said it, I've said it for quite a long time now. I'd much rather we were in and around where we are every season than go for mm. it, fail abysmally, and end up in League Two in three years because we end up in administration, we get relegated, and then we plummet. Yeah, and it, it, I think it's unrealistic to expect us to go out and spend vast sums of money that we clearly don't have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are a small club and we are punching above our weight. And I think there's an element of of the of the TikTok generation and the younger generation of our fans that need to understand this and they and they need to come to the realization of this. And uh and you yeah, just accept it really and uh we cannot gamble the future of the club on on reaching the playoffs this year. Achtung, Milwal. Listeners, listeners need to know that we just had an internet break now. I've, 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 um, I'm back now. I think maybe that's the gods of the internet telling me that whatever we're talking about is trying to fill time with about nothing happening really at the den. Maybe that's a message we should take on board. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was John Berylson telling us, yeah, that they, yeah, that we really need to put fifty p in the internet meter because we haven't got any transfer budget for this season. <laughs> oh dear, some news to talk about, listeners. Um, players leaving. Obviously, we've already lost. Uh, lost. We've. Uh, uh, Benegafobe has departed for uh, is it Qatar or Dubai? He's gone to I can't remember which one it was. Abu Dhabi, Dubai, yeah, one of those locations. Dubai, um, Isaac Alofi, we know about already, but also this week we're, they're joined by I th- a player I thought was that looked a prospect, but clearly, uh, just going back to an earlier earlier topic, you know, when, when Gary Rower is is judging a player, he must be looking for things that, um. The outsider, I don't know, maybe it isn't always apparent. I suppose Bessart Topoloi has signed uh, a full-time offer at Bromley in the National League. Um, I must admit I was surprised because I thought this boy looked like a, a, a prospect. But as you and I were saying on WhatsApp last night, mate, um, he, he struggled for a place at Dagenham, didn't he? And he seems to have found his level at, at Bromley. So... Clearly, the staff of the club, you have to trust them that they know what they're doing with, in, with these kinds of deals because the player that looked looked hopeful at, at Dartford in pre-season um, maybe isn't quite as the full the full, the full full deal as, as maybe we, we expected or thought. Yeah, I saw one or two of the so-called experts online saying that we were making savings because... Uh, we're going to be hit with a large bill for the memorial stones and uh, and and the what? shortfall in Hummel and things like that. Yeah. But we've got to be honest, yeah, yeah. It was almost it was fold the club time. I was reading on Twitter <laughs> yesterday when it yeah when it emerged that this lad was leaving. Yeah, let's be frank about it. <laughs> 
He's nowhere near our first-team squad. He struggled to get a game at Dagenham and Redbridge. No, he was he was poor there, yeah. apparently, yeah. Yeah, and he's gone to Bromley. Yeah. yeah. He was released by Crystal Palace at under-16 level. Okay, he's gone into our under-23s. He might have looked okay in under-23 football. Yeah, but then you've got to look okay. Wait, you've got to look as if he can be able to step up. It's not like he's gone to he's gone to Crystal Palace or he's gone mm. or he's gone back to mm. Crystal Palace or he's gone to uh, or he's gone to QPR or he's gone to Watford or he's gone to Luton. Yeah, clubs mm. at our level. He's mm. gone down to Bromley. Yeah, and that says that he's probably not good enough to be in the Football League, yeah? Because I'm sure that there might have been Football League scouts that had looked at him and probably thought, no, he's not good enough for us. Yeah, so I he's mean, gone to Bromley. So we need to give our heads a wobble, get, <laughs> you, would get you would get a dose of reality, yeah? He's gone to Bromley, yeah? And that says... Well, it's interesting just looking at... to play for Bromley. I mean, on that point, on that very point, <clears throat> when you look at the clubs, I mean, Isaac Alofe uh, went to Stockport. Okay, he, he, you know, he's, he's a bit of a, a crossroads, and maybe Stockport um, is the level where he will excel, and we hope he does. Uh, Going to leave aside Benekafobi because he's a proven player, and he's, he's at the end of his career, so that's that's a different different matter. But Hayden Muller has joined um, uh, Dundalk uh, in Ireland. And um, now uh, Top Lawyers has, has, has taken a deal at Bromley. It's interesting where players go to because, you know, whereas Zach Lovelace went to Glasgow Rangers, you can get that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, that's a level where you're going to move onwards and upwards. These are, these are not that, those kinds of deals, are they? So I, 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 I take the point. I think it's just a sense, and maybe it's the impatience of social media here, Neil, because... There's a sense, obviously, a lot of deals are going outwards, uh, which will impact the wage bill. It will come downwards as a result of all of those respective deals. Um, pending, we hope, and there's a story today that we were just looking at, just talking about off-air with Gary Rowett saying that he's confident of, of deals being done. Um, so clearly, the there's room being made within the wage uh, budget for, we hope, these deals to be done before the end of the transfer window. So... Um, I think people just get impatient online. The, the social media and the internet world breeds a, a very um, knee-jerk kind of reaction sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's exactly right. You, you were going to get a blowjob off the missus and get off bloody Twitter <laughs> and stop wondering if we're yeah, signing somebody every five seconds, yeah? Just... Be relaxed about it. I'm as frustrated as everybody else that we haven't bought <laughs> players in. Yeah? But Christ almighty, I don't fret about it. It doesn't bloody... It, yeah, it doesn't worry my life that we... Or impact my life that we haven't signed anybody yet. Honestly, just chill. There you go. Relationship off the missus. Yeah? Or relationship the advice on the show. Yeah? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> honestly, yeah, you're exactly right. Social media is rancid, yeah, and people we haven't oh we haven't signed anyone yet. Personally, I wouldn't have let Benekafobi leave. I don't know about mm. you, Nick, 
I would have ins- I would have wanted us to have a replacement in before well, I this... let him go because we are woefully short up front. Yeah? This is the point if that struck happened, me. I mean, if something I... happened to Bradshaw, yeah. yeah, and then something or something happened to Vogel Slammer, yeah. Uh, we have not got anybody else. At least he was a body on the bench, yeah. And we don't look like promoting somebody like uh, somebody like Abdul Malik. Malik. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Who's I mean, scored, that's, that's... I think he scored sixteen goals for the reserves this season, or the under twenty threes. I'm old fashioned, so I call them the reserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would he do a job coming in on the bench? Yeah, but. I don't see the sense of releasing uh, Benikafobi, yeah, unless unless they had a transfer window. But but it should be at our convenience, not at the players' convenience, yeah. <laughs> and you will know that you will know that Harry wanted rid of him, yeah. But but in the position we are in in the league, unless it's a cost saving measure, unless they and unless they decided that that they wanted to save 15 grand a week over three weeks. That's and, possible. That's and possible. that it was a budgetary thing. But come out and say it's a bloody budgetary thing, for Christ's sake. Yeah, well, the football world don't seem to operate like that, does it? It's, it's, it's a weird no, it thing. Doesn't. You, you no, know, it don't, doesn't. And you don't admit stuff, you know. I don't know why that is. but and Yeah, well, I think that, yeah, we're going back to the original point, if you look at everybody, Hayden Muller's gone to Dundalk. Yeah, mm. in Ireland. Yeah, uh, which is probably no better than the conference, is it? Let's be honest. Conference or national league national one. league? Yeah, yeah. yeah league say, yeah. one level. Yeah. yeah. So he was nowhere near the team, yeah. and we've got to we've got to get this sentimentality out of it. Yeah, uh, the guy's gone to Bromley because that's his level. Yeah. Now then, he may very well come back up again. Yeah, but, hopefully he will. I mean, we, we wish the boy well, and you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I think, wish um, he's nowhere near the first team, and that is with Murray Wallace playing like a drain. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that point so about um, that point about Benick leaving, and, and to some level, lesser level Isaac Alofe, um, I, I don't understand why we've not retained them at least to, until the end of the towards the end of the transfer window because it's left us short. And yes, they're both moved on, and that's that's great for them both. We wish them both well, but I don't understand that. There may be reasons behind. It. If it is budgetary, then okay, um, maybe that's maybe that's what was was, was on the uh, on the club's mind. But it, it it just seems to have left us a bit short in two fairly important games. We were short really at Middlesbrough. Uh, at um, uh, yeah, Borough, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we we got beat one nil there, and we're going to be short going to Cardiff tomorrow. Um, so yeah, but that I don't less. get that. I don't get that. Yeah, but the only thing I can think of was that we did have targets in mind, and we thought we were going to get them, and those targets They're have not gone elsewhere. Yeah? yeah, that could be. That could be. That could be sheer bad luck if you're in for three players. And the clubs have indicated that they're willing to let all three players go, mm. and you can't get those players over the line because they choose to go elsewhere. That's fair enough, yeah. Mm. But to but to let them go before you get those players in, knowing 
that in the real world, uh, those play those players could go elsewhere. It seems a little bit short sighted, and we are in a fantastic position. Yeah, well, we I, I, we yeah, we're going to come on and we'll probably talk about Cardiff tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, it's a big, big game no, tomorrow. Sorry. But um, I mean, just I'm just to go back to that story where Gary Rowett is 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 a reassurance story, I suppose, Neil, isn't it? Um, just to quote it from the London News Online again, Richard Corley, uh, uh, Mill Boss Rowett says, we, "We will make signings before the end of the window. Whether they're our first choice, third choice, or fifth choice, then who knows? We can't really dictate that. We're working really hard. Um, I don't put too much pressure on people because we're all putting in a lot of effort." And a lot of ads. I'm guessing that it's your a fifth choice spanks of spanks, spanks <laughs> of what I was saying last week about uh, Luke Freeman panic signings. So, well, so, uh, I don't be... think he, so I don't think he's allaying any fears there. First, second, or third choice. Yeah, fair enough. You can think that that you might not get your first choice, Monty second choice, and you might. Yeah, you might look at Kenny Jackett's old uh, scouting list from <laughs> from nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that he suddenly went. Yeah, that he gradually went through. Yeah, it's uh, a marketplace, though, Neil, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 I, I sometimes think it's uh, as fans, particularly when you read through social media, which. Um, Probably isn't always a good idea. Maybe some of those remedies that Neil recommended earlier on would be best your best choice rather than trawling through um, Mill transfers accounts on the you know on 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 Twitter. But this this is the marketplace. The players in are entitled and they will want to get the best possible deal they can to supply their trade because that's that's what it is from their point of view. And as clubs are also looking to get the best possible player for the cheapest possible price. That's the essence of the market. So you, you know, given that there's a deadline, then all, and there's a reason why many many deals get done on on, on these. You know, it's why Sky TV makes such a big hoo-ha about it, isn't it? Because the business will probably be left until late, so that everyone's got the full range of options in in front of them. So, you know, and the sad truth is, listeners, that just because we all pitch up with a few quid, many players might think, well, I can do a bit better than that. That's, 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 that's the truth. Um, so probably we won't see much action till, uh, is it January 31st is the closing? I think it is, isn't it? The closing yeah, the the deadline transfer window. Yeah, the transfer window closes on January 31st or Tuesday, as it's normally known down at Millwall. <laughs> the <laughs> day of the week, isn't it? Yeah, we're not trying the old ones. Day. All the old ones are coming out today, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Neil and I are going to set ourselves up as stand up comedy comedians. Yeah, well, I should be a stand up comedian. I'm funny enough. But. Uh, <laughs> But to be honest, yeah, yeah, we have got until Tuesday week, yeah, yeah transfer do, deadline do. day. I'd rather we, we didn't wait until Tuesday week because we needed we needed options up at Middlesbrough, didn't we? And uh, we did. We, we, we will tomorrow. Tomorrow's we? another tough one. Tomorrow's another tough one. Then, yeah. yeah, but they don't score a tremendous amount of goals. They've just sacked Mark Hudson, the manager. Yep. After four wins in eighteen, I would, yeah, would have much rather it have been four win, uh, four wins in twenty. After, yeah, well, after we beat them tomorrow, yeah, I'm, uh, it just it, 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 
but we have to be patient. You can't, uh, yeah, we can't constantly, oh, Millwall haven't, haven't signed anyone today. Fold the club. Oh, no. Just get over it. Just have a chill. Have a chill. So get, a get on with it. We've done that. We've, we've had all that. We, we don't want to keep putting that image in people's minds. <laughs> um, tomorrow's opponents, Cardiff, are 21st, one place above Huddersfield Town in the, the, the third relegation spot, um, seven wins. 12 losses, um, no wins in the last five, according to the BBC's uh, championship table here. And it's a game where really, Neil, we've got to be looking to to capitalise tomorrow. You know, light, light up front or not, we've got to get some goals. We, I think we've also got to be looking for one or two players, and I'm thinking probably of Zian Fleming here, to just to step up. He's been quiet last couple of games, and maybe we, you know, we expect a lot now because of the the high bar that he set for himself, but we do need to start seeing a little bit more goal mouth action because that was really where we fell badly short up there at the Riverside Stadium last week. And tomorrow's a tomorrow's a big game, big three points at stake for us. Yeah, I've been to Cardiff a few times. It's never a place where we seem to score that many goals, and I doubt somebody no. will correct us. But uh, but but they are but they aren't doing well. Yeah, no, they're let's not. Take advantage of it, yeah, and uh, let's go down there, and that's and that's come back with three points. We need three points if we're gonna, yeah, if we're gonna keep in touch with people. Uh, yeah, but let's be honest. Cardiff have shown themselves up this week to be the kings of shithousery, uh, trying <laughs> to yeah, we're trying to insure a player for twenty million quid the day after his plane crashed into the channel. <laughs> probably not the brightest thing to do. <laughs> down there. Yeah, uh, true, true. <laughs> yeah, so, you're on form today. You are, aren't you? Live. <laughs> So, so, so. Well, let's go down there and let's eat more misery on them. Little old Millwall go down there. We're going to have, uh, yeah, it's going to be like friends reunited. Marlon, yeah, well, Marlon can be is down on one with his fist up in the air if he wants. Yeah, and, yeah, well, we're just going to run straight over the top of him. He's yeah? injured. He won't be round there. Oh, you're joking. He's injured. Have I, I just come up with that line and he's injured? Yeah, I think you have. I think you have. Let me have a look at the... Um, I don't really... I haven't checked the Cardiff news listeners for this this, this kind of prep for these, these shows. I don't really look at the opposition. If you want that, you go to other places for that kind of information. Yeah, but it is Marlon, though, isn't it? So... Yeah. But... but yeah. Talking about Neil Warnock not, coming back not, to manage them as well. So that's, a, that's another... Yeah, well, it might be something that it could lift the doom and gloom that's online and around the place. Yeah, if we can go down, then we can put in a decent, we can put in a, we can put in a Preston North End type performance. Well, we've not been um, trained. We've been training at the den all week, listeners, because Calmont Road has fallen victim to the the freezing temperatures. I think this is one of the points I wanted to make in the show. Now it's just probably a a, a good point as to why the club are so keen to relocate the whole trading operation down to, to Brands Hatch once that, that has come to pass. Because the Calment Road is, is essentially a school playing field, isn't it, really? That's the, it's, it's got its gym and it's got its, its facilities there, but it's the actual ground itself is not really first class. When you look at how... Uh, I, was, I was at the, uh, the cricket at uh, Beckenham in the summertime next door to the Palace Training Centre, and it does look like a different level to what we're working with. So Given that Calmont has not been available to us, they've been training at the den, 
it just does give a, a bit of a sense as to why maybe the club's investing in facilities rather than potentially players in this transfer window. You know, Claremont Road, I know it's owned, yeah, is it owned by Cambridge or Oxford University, something like that? Something and, like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you can't have an indoor, yeah, well, I know they like these tented, they put a, they yeah, they do. a big, you have a big tent marquee over a pitch, don't they? And they can put yeah. hot, hot air blowers in there and things like that. So, and, and it's a, and I doubt we can do that down at Claremont Road. So it, it, it's all part of this gradual uh, dragging Millwall into 2020, whatever it is. Yeah, 2023, Absolutely. 2024, whenever it'll be built. We're coming into, yeah, we've, yeah, we're coming into this from a standing start. So, and we, and we have said it many times, the club is getting more professional. It's getting it's getting better run in many ways. Yeah. And we can't be little old Millwall with its League One training facilities, can we? And or no. its League Two training facilities. No, I think uh, I think Romeo's injured. He wasn't he wasn't in the team that played Leeds in the week in the Cup for Cardiff. I'm sure I've read that he's, 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 he's out for a few weeks. Um, let's have a look at the game against Wigan for them. Uh, blah, blah, blah. No, he wasn't in that team either. He wasn't on the bench. So I think he must be out injured at the moment. So I'm afraid there'll be no boo boy villain um, for the for the travelling support tomorrow. Um, big game though, Neil. It's, uh, you know, I, I thought last week's was a, was a big game up at Middlesbrough. We've got slightly... Um, well, we, we were overrun in the first half and the game got away from us, really, uh, once we went that goal behind early in the second. So it's important that we don't get overrun tomorrow because uh, Cardiff are struggling and we need to bring our, our, our top game down there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, apparently he's, he, a couple of weeks ago he was going to be out for six weeks with a hamstring injury and a, and he'd been one of their standout players, which doesn't say an awful lot about, <laughs> yeah, but about the rest of his teammates given their form, really, does it? Or well, yeah, with the lack of it. We do need to go down there. We need to put in a performance. And we need to come back with three points, yeah? yeah? Ideally, I'd like to see us score two or three goals and boost our goal difference. But if Vogel Slammer wants to yeah, wants to hit one in off his bollocks in the last minute, I'll gladly accept it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll gladly accept a 1-0 win. Yeah, Bit of a Vogel, Vogel Slammer reaction online lately. I don't know. We do like to look for boo boys and, 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 and uh, villains of the piece. And I've just noticed one or two comments around the the Twitter scene slightly digging at Vogel Sam. I think he's been an unlucky player I mean you can argue about his expected goals rate and God knows what other statistical measure that people bring to football matches now but you know I, I remember him hitting the woodwork a few times I'd like to see him maybe getting involved in the in the goal mouth action a little bit more taking a few more chances. He had a, a, a poor shot against um, Sheffield United. He put the ball wide, didn't he? Um, but I think he's been unlucky, and I, I don't think he's quite the... Uh, he's, he's been cast as as, 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 a, as a weak link, and I don't think he is a weak link in the side, personally. Um, 
mate, he's been classed as shit. Is, like, I don't think he's shit. He's not shit. He's, he's, yeah, he's no, he's ten- not shit. Yeah, no, he's not shit. He was signed as a striker, and we're playing him as a winger. Mm. Yeah? And, and I mean, he doesn't get too many chances. And, and there have been two or three games recently. He's looked pretty good. He looked fantastic at Watford, didn't he? And 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 I think the game afterwards, a home game, he looked he, he yeah, he looked fairly decent. But he's a striker and we're playing him out wide. It's this yeah. strange mural need for there to be someone responsible for Yeah, but there has to be a uh, pantomime villain, doesn't there? Yeah, but Tyler Bury's injured. Tyler's injured, so he can't fill that role. It's gotta be now it's gotta be um, Andreas Vogel, Sam. I think it's just a bit unfair. Yeah, gone. Yeah, well, Benekophobie's now in Dubai. Yeah, Tyler Bury's injured. So we have to have somebody... Yeah, well, you're right. Somebody in that side has to be... Has to yeah, be I, I, the target of, of everybody's disaffection, yeah? Or dissatisfaction, yeah? And Murray Wallace will be next in line because he's been playing awful all been, season. Yeah. Um, he's... he's you know, I think it's just, I don't know what it, where it comes from, uh, what people expect. We are, I remind everyone, eighth in the in the championship table. Now, for many, many years of our history, that's been a, we would dream of being at this level. So, get a bit of perspective. Yeah, but that's eighth top, isn't it, Nick? Not eighth bottom. We're eighth, eighth top. top. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and we still have to look for the... We still have to look for the negatives, yeah? That's the middle so way. We are eighth top in the championship, yeah? yeah? We are pushing for promotion or the playoffs against teams that are receiving millions and millions in parachute payments. Millions of pounds more than yeah. we get, listen to yeah. this. Yeah, no, I, and, I, I, I'm with you. And I, some of those clubs are taking out loans... So they get even more to spend because they're gambling their futures on the promised land. Yeah. And until they stop parachute payments and make it a level playing field, mm. yeah, they a club that's given a hundred and fifty million pounds in the champ in in the Premier League shouldn't need a parachute payment. You don't have to spend all of that money. And they don't Spend all of that money. You have clauses in contracts which say if you're in the Premier League, we'll pay you 40 grand a week. But if you're in the Championship, you come down to 15 grand a week or 20 grand a week. Yeah. You cut your cloth. You don't gamble on it. Yeah. You don't say, well, yeah, well, chance of us getting relegated. We, uh, blah, blah, blah. You, you have to be smart about it, and it's a strange, a aren't smart, strange thing with fans um, spending what is essentially other people's money in a sense, because the calls are always to be ambitious. I, I saw a post; I can't remember who it was. So, uh, someone uh, said that Mill as ever don't show ambition, but it's that very point you've just made. Then, I mean, the, the, you look downwards through the the various divisions, you can find. Many, many clubs that have gone, as the expression has it, chasing the dream. You could start with Bradford City, or I think Language still in League Two, but they at one point were, you know, playing at the top table, but then they overstretched, overspent, and then you're going to look at uh, the likes of Bolton Wanderers, 
Portsmouth, ex-Premier League side, Ipswich are they're in League 2. I mean, maybe they're having a decent season now at last. But you don't have to look very far, Charlton, if you want to... You know, teams that over overstretch themselves, that get ideas that they are something that they're not, and they've got some divine right to be at the top table, then find themselves pretty swiftly tumbling through divisions. And, you know, I'm even looking at this this, this season's championship division. You've got... You've got Wigan rock bottom, Huddersfield, uh, another side that have played in the in the top uh, top tier, uh, and then Cardiff above above the the bottom three. It's, it's not difficult to see teams struggling, and I, we just don't have the resources to go gambling at the top table, it, it, the high rollers table, whatever way you want to put it. And yeah, with well, that realism, we need some realism, don't we? Yeah, well, that yeah, but exactly, and yeah, but that's what hope I bring to this. Yeah, a little bit of realism. It, I cannot stand this lack of ambition. It's a fucking nonsense. Mm. It really is a nonsense. Yeah, are we are showing ambition? We spend what we can afford to spend. Yeah. yeah, would I like us? Yeah, well, I know we've been linked with Lyndon Dykes, haven't we? Yeah, uh, in for a three Daily million being apparently, yeah, yeah rejected. Or, just seen or Landon yeah. Dykes, whatever he's called, the QPR striker. Yeah. yeah, would I do I want him? I don't, not really. <laughs> I think we can. I, I, I've only seen him play a few times. <laughs> Is mm. he better than what we've got? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, is he worth? Is, is, is he you want to pay that kind of money for him, isn't it? Yeah, he's twenty-seven. It, it would move away from, I think, what they're trying to do is, and that's, and and that's to sign players that we can add added value to, and then we can sell on, like Fleming. Yeah. 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 Uh, I... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Don't see that we could do that with him. No, yeah. no, no. Would we be better with that three million quid if we've got three million quid? I don't believe that for in a month of Sundays we would bid three million pounds on a 
on a striker from one of our championship rivals, would we be better off spending that three million pound in Germany or in Holland or in Belgium or Belgium, in France? France? Yeah, 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 wherever you want to go. Absolutely, yeah. we would. Yeah, uh, but who knows the strength? I mean, the, 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 yeah, well, I just the, don't the, see uh, that. I just don't see that we have made a three million pound bid for him. Was this come from the as in Cuckoo Land? The, the Hitman Tipster on he calls himself on Twitter, so it's an authoritative source, listeners. The Hitman Tipster he says uh, QPR rejected a Freeman. Who, who knows? Who knows? It's um, as Neil has just said. You have the Hitman Tipster with about three followers who picks <laughs> the shit, the Hitman Tipster, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, well, he picks everything up out out of the newspapers or. Or wherever, or do they? Yeah, well, or do they nick it off him? Yeah, somebody. Yeah, well, something. Yeah, one thing's for sure: somebody's got a fucking vivid imagination, thinking that we're going to bid three million pound on, yeah, well, on dykes. Honestly, absolutely. Yeah, we well, you know what happened now, Nick, don't you? Mm-hmm. We'll sign him this afternoon for three million quid. Right. <laughs> I know what say. What a shit podcast that is. Let's take a short break, <laughs> listeners. Um, after these measures, be back with Neil. I just want to run one or two other items from the world of football past Neil before we close. Welcome back. Um, Neil, you're a rugby union man, and I've been reading some um, proposals. These are not rule changes yet, listeners, but the international IFAB, International Football Advisory Body, I, I imagine that means. But anyway, it's like a rules-making um, committee of FIFA that sits and considers rule changes, some of which I think are borrowed from the world of rugby union, because I've seen um, some of this in the, some of the games that I've watched over over the time. Um, first up as proposals for rule changes is um, either a countdown clock, as, as we see in the likes of American football or any of the US sports actually have a, a clock running downwards. Um, so to eliminate, you know, time wasting and, and game management or the alternate approach that we saw in in the world cup in qatar where you have quite extensive amounts of added time put on the end of games to compensate for this awful expression game management um i'm not overstruck on countdown clocks in football they would have um well you know it would start and stop as the ball goes in and out of play i'd quite liked and i'm interested in what you think neil i quite like the extensive added time that we saw in qatar how do you see either those two proposals countdown clocks or, or added time being used as a as a compensation so to speak yeah yeah well actually ifad is actually fifa and 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 england it, yeah, it's a combination it's a board made up the of FA. fifa fifa yeah. the a uh, Scottish FA, Welsh FA, and Irish the home, FA. the home nations, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they essentially because we actually hold the rights to football and things like that, and yeah, yeah, it's all complicated. But but well, that's what IFAD is. Yeah. Uh, uh, a countdown clock for what? It just seems yeah. Well, if a ball, yeah, well, if we're stopping a clock every time the ball goes in and out of play, we're going to mm. be there all day. Mm. Aren't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be frank about it. There is some natural wastage in football. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can't go stopping the clock 
uh, every time the ball goes in and out of play because as you see down the den and and at various other ground uh, virtually every other ground the ball goes into the crowd mm. uh fred catches it then passes yeah. it on to his son who wants little to johnny <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, who then yeah. holds it up and down and cuddles it and then whatever else. And then he tries to throw it back into play, but unfortunately he can't throw it that far. So then he has to go and retrieve it and think, oh, it's a bit of a faff, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, mm. Was I. The, the problem with football is they don't like change. Yeah. And there are certain commentators on Twitter. Yeah, mm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name any names. Carl Bates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Carl. What's he said? What's he done? <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry, mate. Yeah. No. I'm just. Uh, but, but there are people. But I think that there were people moaning about the amount of time added on. Mm. When when we had nine and ten minutes, no doubt Carl or, or, in the World or, Cup, yeah. Know, if yeah, but if it wasn't him, but I think he, I, I think he did comment on it. I know he's not a fan of VAR, yeah. Mm. But but really, if you're a manager and you keep on getting nine ten minutes added on and you're losing goals. You're conceding two goals in that nine or ten minutes. Surely it's a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, I yeah. know they're trying to make the game faster. They're trying to they're trying to get the ball in play more. And there is an awful lot of time wasting when you see a goalkeeper hugging onto the ball. And yeah, and and I mean, yeah, my, when they're to the five-second rule. The, or six well, that seems to be ignored. My, my pet yeah. hate is how long it takes to start the game after a goal. I mean, you've got at least a minute between a goal being scored and once you've done your, your group hug and you're, you're kind of like punching the air and all the rest of it, the this kind of Sunday morning stroll back to your own half to reform. To yeah, but that is it. up to the referee to stop his watch. Yeah? He should the do. They don't do that. I think, I think, yeah, no. I think that's the, the point, isn't it? Had, the referee does have the control... I, I saw somewhere they're on about a timekeeper. No, mm. the referee is the sole arbiter of time in football, yeah. and it's up to the referee. I know sometimes we've sat there, we've all sat there, haven't we, at games, and and five minutes gone up, yeah? yeah. And you're thinking, where in the hell has he got five minutes from? But by yeah. the same token, when two minutes goes up, when yeah. it's quite obvious it's that not we've enough. a lot of the yeah. game. It isn't yeah. enough, yeah? The referee is the sole arbiter of time, and I want to see him stay the sole arbiter of time. Yeah? A good idea. One of the things that they're proposing that I do like, which is borrowed from the world of rugby league and, and union, I believe, league, um, is referees with a microphone to explain their decision-making, um, particularly with VAR. Um, they're, they're, they're trialling... Um, these the kind of uh, they do it in the US as well, don't they? Where the, the American football, the the uh, umpires there will give a kind of a, a loud speaker announcement as to what happened, why they're making that decision, and play, then play continues. Um, I mean, it's it's commonplace in rugby union, I think, now, isn't it, to have this, and it, it seems you know, to work quite well. You know, referees are mic'd up in rugby union, so you can hear them during play. Mm. Yeah. And 
and and and and it is all, all times you can hear them yeah yeah and you can hear them explain things to the players you can hear the conversation between the referee and the tmo yeah 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 uh, yeah well i'll yeah but the rugby union version of var yeah uh i think it's a fantastic idea uh, i'm not where it falls down i think would be where where you you watch say the nigels against manchester united the other day mm. and he's he's a great player I think he's an horrible bastard, Bruno Fernandez, where he yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. runs up and is haranguing the referee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they want that kind of bad for publicity. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want yeah, they don't want players running up and uh yeah, but well, I think it happened, didn't it? Yeah, but it happened. Done in, the den. They did, did yeah, it David Ellery. Uh, yeah, but Millwall David Arsenal. Ellery, wasn't it? And That's uh right, yeah. Yeah, Millwall Arsenal, and they and uh, Tony Adams is quite clearly heard. Yeah, running up to him and calling him a fucking cheat, wasn't it? Yeah, and, I think um, it was Tony well, Adams, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think the Lions. It was it was, it was a we got beat by Arsenal. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, a tough match, and this is back in the first division days, obviously. But um, I don't think anyone had told the Arsenal team that the referee was going to be mic'd. I think the Millwall side knew because they were looked. They were kind of conducting themselves like they're at a Sunday morning um, prayer meeting, whereas which, which would have been highly unusual given some of the personalities in that side. Whereas the Arsenal team, which was Tony Adams and Nigel Winterburn and uh, Lee classic Dixon Ars- and all Lee of that, Dixon, lot, a classic Arsenal side, were in on the in on the news. So they they <laughs> carried on like normal, um, which made them look, uh, you know. Very, very poor in the in, in the in the cold light of day, but there we are. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I really do. And part of the problem is is when there are these long VAR breaks, yeah. Nobody seems to know what's going on. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, well, I do like VAR. Yeah, I think it I yeah, well, I wish I'd get a bit smarter with the use of it, but I think but I think the concept of it is pretty good. Yeah, no, it does eliminate. It does eliminate, or it should eliminate horrendous errors. I know that sometimes the idiots that make the rules don't help, and then you've got the clowns that are using the VAR are the same clowns that are missing this, Ooh. that, and the other. Yeah, uh, but I think the concept of it is good, and I actually think the concept of of this is. Of of miking referees up, the referee. I think that's a football great idea. Is stuck in, football is stuck in the dark ages. It is. There's, it is. Yeah, there's a big thing about concussion in rugby at the moment. Well, yeah. that was the one I was just going to come on to concussion subs. Yeah, fantastic idea. Yeah? yeah. How many times have we seen Jake Cooper wandering around like he's drunk after he's had a head injury? Yeah. yeah, I think it's happened at least once this season. Or Sean Hutchinson, or for instance, yeah. Yeah. football need football is resistant to change, and it's a serious issue concussion and head injuries at the moment. Yeah, but football doesn't seem to want to take it seriously. No. Yeah, you only have to go on, go on to, go on to Twitter and ask. Uh, 
Jeff Astle's daughter. Mm. Yeah, uh, they've been others as well. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And uh, absolutely. other and and yeah, well, ask Nobby Styles' son Johnny. Mm. Yeah, and ask Bobby Charlton's children. Yeah, uh, ask Haley McQueen on yeah. Sky. Her, her dad, Gordon McQueen. Gordon McQueen leads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I think down at Millwall, we've got we've got a couple of players very badly struggling with dementia now and some and a very young player i'm not going to mention who it is because obviously you know these things in confidence and uh, yeah 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 no absolutely and, and, yeah, you get told stuff uh but it just it, it it football football is resistant to change and it should be open to it and yeah it should open its mind to yeah, the things like this, and I th- yeah, but I think concussion subs and miking the referees up. I'm not in favour of this bloody ball in and out of play, but I don't mind a lot of added on time if teams are. No, I don't. Wait. That would be my choice. The added on time, um, where deliberate game management, where you're you're kind of um, ad- did, running the clock down or whatever way you want to put it, but where. Where teams are exploiting that, I'd like to see that added on. I don't have a problem with that. Referee being might is is commonplace in other sports. I think you're right now. I think football is so conservative with a with a small c with a, about change. Um, concussion in in many other sports, it's it's seen as a a, a danger in the, of, of playing a game, and they have you know uh, policies and and, and um, arrangements made to take it into account. Football is such a stick in the mud sport in many respects. I don't know why, but it just is. Yeah, but I think that football, as far as concussion are concerned, they're worried about this the, the huge lawsuits the NFL have had. One, haven't they? Rugby yeah. with progressive rugby, uh, Cut, cutting huge, into their profits that they make. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge lawsuit going on in rugby at the moment. And I think that football is worried that they could be next. And 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 I'm pretty damn sure that they will be next. It's coming. It's coming. Just to close us, I thought just for a change, really. We haven't done a history programme for a long while, Neil. But I found um, a game I was at. This is January the 21st, which will be tomorrow. We're going to go to Cardiff tomorrow, January the 21st. But in 1974, Mill beat Fulham. On a Sunday morning, um, a very remarkable thing back in, in, in its time, 1974. I'm just looking at the back page of the Daily Mirror. The goal that made history was scored at 11.34 on January the 20th. Um, January 20th, this is a, uh, the Monday paper, 21st. Um, it was Brian Clark scored against Fulham. We, we beat Fulham 1-0. That was the first football league match ever played on a Sunday um, and it wasn't quite the first Sunday games. I think they played a couple of FA Cup games the week before, but certainly yeah, the first played actually quite a few FA Cup ties, I believe, because funnily enough, when I was on the Sunday Express, I attempted mm-hmm. to find the first person to right. score a, a goal on the Sunday. Sunday, and it was yeah. Andy Lockhead of uh, I believe oh. it was Andy Lockhead, Aston Villa player. Yeah, of Burnley. I phoned right. okay. his house. I spoke to his wife, but unfortunately, he's, I think he's actually died from dementia now. But right. he was in a bad way and couldn't talk to me about it. Right. He uh, was the very first. 
Yeah, I believe he was the first player to score on a Sunday in the FA Cup. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think it was in the days of the yeah, well, yeah, well, industrial turmoil. In, industrial yeah. turmoil. Um, yeah, not the same way as it is now, really, isn't it? I've really done my stand-up for the show, but I was going to construct a very elaborate story of, of a fail, failing Conservative government with industrial unrest and football floundering for an answer in, in um, dire circumstances, but I couldn't quite get it together. So um, anyway, that's what, 48 years ago. And I can't tell younger listeners how strange it felt. It was, we kicked off at 11.30 as a Sunday morning game. Um, how strange it was to be going to football on a Sunday. It completely blew your Saturday routine. Obviously, the football world then revolved around Saturday 3pm as a as this kind of um, generalised, uh, with one of two minor exceptions, every game kicked off at Saturday 3pm. And to change that routine felt so weird, especially on a Sunday, Neil, in an era where Sunday meant Sunday. Everything was shut and quiet. And it was just a very odd experience to go there. But it was a big crowd there at the den for this, this game, 15,000. 143. It was felt to be a big, big success. And in some ways, in some ways, despite the the tough times that provoked the, the idea of Sunday football, in some ways, I think the modern era of football started to take hold from there onwards because that was that was um breaking new ground and it and, and it was the, the start of many, many you know changes in the game over the over the years that followed. But that was for me, that was the, the first um, it was a major, major change, and it was a uh, forty-eight years ago. I just thought I'd mention that because I was just looking at something online early on, and I thought actually, I'll yeah, let's not that. go into it too much. I tell you what, we'll do. Well, we'll actually have a look at it over the next couple of days, and we'll do a history show on it. Maybe sometime. That's a good next show. Week. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I like that. Um, yeah, well, so we'll come back to that one. This is a bit more depth. Yeah, Millwall one, Fulham nil. 20th of January 1974. I was 14 years old, 13 years old at the time. Neil, I think we've reached the end of our agenda, mate. It's been a bit of a we've had internet problems. We've had I've had the cats running around in front of me. I've had all sorts of things here, but um, we got there in the end. Neil, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, no problem, mate. No problem. Yeah, but it's just good. Funnily enough, I'm sat here in the sun. Uh, yeah, the sun's beating in through the window. Um, yeah, we put the world to rights on a yeah, well, on a Friday morning for everyone. Yeah, it's a great time to be alive, mate, isn't it? <laughs> Especially if you're getting that BJ off your missus rather than looking through Twitter looking for middle transfer stories. I think that's a much, much better option. Anyway, there we are. Thank <laughs> you for listening to listeners. <laughs> I'm going to go and do myself a cup of coffee after all that. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> Arriva Dirty Mill Wall. Bye for now. <laughs> nice one, mate. So- 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 